The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. Joining me as always, Grayson Weir. Back at it again, another week full of all of the ebbs and flows of NIL. The uh, We'll say we're kind of starting to hit the summer doldrums a little bit outside of uh, Major League Baseball and uh, NBA playoffs going. I guess college baseball is still on, but... Um, haven't really been keeping up with it uh, this year at all, but we're here. We're going to talk some recruiting. Ole Miss uh, signed another transfer portal forward. We're going to talk a little bit about the Louisiana transfer, Theo Akuba, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, some offers that went out, and then we will close the show once again talking quarterback recruiting. Grayson, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Zach. How are we? Doing well. It's uh, another lovely day here in Nashville, and uh, we are getting into, uh, you know, I, I on one hand, I say it's the doldrums because spring practice is over for Ole Miss. Um, kind of a brief sabbatical, but uh, the coaches are back on the recruiting trail, going out to different high schools, checking out their spring practices, meeting with uh, recruits on the road, sending out offers, all that good stuff. So, Again, like we always say on this show, it never stops. So uh, that's why we uh, that's why we have this podcast here because we can talk about it all Most year definitely. round. And so. we got some college baseball going on. You you tipped me off to the fact that uh, Louisville's in town here to play Vanderbilt. So I'm hoping this rain hold off and I can uh, help speak into existence a little Dan McDonald to Ole Miss uh, <laughs> action here. I'm going to try to swing by and and watch the future head coach of the University of Mississippi baseball team take down the Vanderbilt Commodores at their home park. So that's, not, that's some manifestation there for everybody on this Tuesday afternoon. It's not a huge thing like college football, uh, but they do play for a trophy. Do they really? That's funny. It is, it is one of the cooler trophies. Uh, I guess they call it the Battle of the Barrel. So I'm assuming that is a play on the uh, – the whiskey trail or um, bourbon trail, I guess, uh, from, you know, going up to Kentucky since obviously Louisville's in the state of Kentucky and then bourbon is uh, 
pretty big in Tennessee as well. So, uh, yeah, battle the barrel. Oh, they play for a literal barrel. That's pretty cool. I, I think so. Yeah, I'm checking it out right now. That's pretty neat. Well, anyway, I will ask all of yeah. those people listening out there who are on board with the idea of moving on to a new head coach to join me in this moment and manifest and speak into existence that the University of Mississippi will hire Dan McDonald away from Louisville this offseason. Oh, just to clarify, the barrel pits whiskey versus bourbon. Ah, there you go. So an oak barrel symbolizing Tennessee whiskey and Kentucky bourbon is given annually to the winning team. So it started uh, – game has been played between the two teams every year since 2012, so pretty recent. But uh, cool, I, I love random trophies. Um, yeah, I'm all for them. The wagon wheel is my favorite between uh, Kent State and Akron in football. That's a good one. The axe is the Paul Bunyan's axe is great. That is a good one. Um, yeah, trophies are cool. Uh, all right. So let's get into uh, Ole Miss adding another piece to the roster. Um, almost basketball, I should say. Uh, they officially announced it today. Um, Akuba, six foot 11, 225 pound forward, originally from Montgomery, Alabama, um, picked Ole Miss over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Um, took a visit to Ole Miss, took a visit to Iowa. And then uh, after, uh, I believe he was in Iowa City over the weekend and then uh, quickly made his decision on Monday, committing to Ole Miss. Uh, Just kind of skimming the story provided by Ole Miss Athletics Media Relations here. 17 career double-doubles. 10 came during his junior season at Louisiana. Um, That was his best statistical year to date. Uh, He was ranked among the NCAAs. Elite in rebounding and shot blocking. Um, Had double-digit points that year, close to double-digit rebounds. Um, He was top 10 in blocks, offensive rebounds. And then he was eighth nationally in total blocks. And then in ninth in blocks per game. So, um, big guy. I mean, listed as a forward, he'll play the five. Being so big, I believe uh, I saw seven-six wingspan. So, he's a going to cover a lot of ground in the paint. Um, but I, you know, don't look for this guy to be a 20 and 10 type dude. Um, he's a defensive specialist. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to rebound. He can get out and run. He's a good athlete. So, uh, I think they'll utilize him quite a bit next season. He can run in transition. He can finish. Um, but again, not, not someone that's going to come in and just light you up in the box score. Um, you know, if, if Ole Miss fans had hopes of getting someone like Oscar Sheboy, you're not getting that, but um, <laughs> incredibly long, really athletic guy um, originally signed with Portland out of high school and then uh, transferred to Louisiana and now transferring to Ole Miss. Um, so I, look, I know people really don't want to listen about basketball and I get it been a struggle they had one of the worst seasons one of the worst conference records in program history a year ago injuries killed them um really no flow on offense but and look hear me out you gotta have some perspective some context some nuance here not every freshman is going to play but they're bringing in a pretty good class on three just re-ranked Um, Did their final re-ranking for the 2022 class. Malik Ewan jumped up 13 spots. 
he's a four star. Amari Abrams, a four star guard. Um, you know, I don't know how much Ewan will play, but he is 6'10, 220. Another guy, similar game to Akuba, probably a little bit better offensively, but can really run, get up and down the floor, both ends, protects the rim, rebounds. Um, and then you bring in two athletic guys and Robert Coward and DJ Caldwell. Um, DJ Caldwell was at the 24K showcase at the Iverson Classic earlier this week, or last week, I should say. Um, a guy that, you know, if he if he can make it to the NBA or maybe if he can make it to some kind of dunk contest for college players, probably has a good chance of winning it. Um, really, really athletic. Um, got a lot of bounce. Played for a really good high school program at, at Faith Family Academy in Dallas, won a state championship. And then you got the uh, the other two transfers, Javius McKinnis and Miles Burns, two more forwards added. They're replacing a lot. ton of guys got in the portal. Um, but, again, I'm not expecting a ton of offensive, you know, output from these guys. But if they're, if they're recruiting to a playing style, if they're recruiting to a certain type of player, it seems that it's going to be someone who can really defend and rebound and get the ball out and transition to guys like Matthew Morrell, Deshaun Ruffin, and the rest of the uh, returning cast. So um, it's a solid get. I'm not going to sit here and say it's a, it's an elite pickup or something that's going to really shift the balance in the SEC standings next season. But uh, Akuba's a, a nice get for sure. Here's the missing piece um, when you look at next year's lineup. I, I have this terrible – habit of falling into a cycle of buying into Ole Miss basketball, like watching them let me down, having them figure something out a little bit, buying back in, and then finishing the year fairly disappointed. Um, I'm going to buy back in. I'm going to do it. I, I know it's not good for me. I know it's probably not great for my health. But I think this Akuba pickup, wow, again, like you said, not flashy, nothing, you know, no Oscar Shibway who gets so much airtime on this podcast, but it, he's not going to like change the entire dynamic of your team. But he's exactly what was missing. My Sierra Brooks was okay last year. He was good. He was fine. Like you're not going to complain about you know, nine, nine and a half, 10 points a game, seven rebounds. But from a guy of his size and stature, you'd like a little bit more. Romello White, the year prior, set the record for field goal percentage, was more of a scorer um, than he was. I mean, obviously he had four double-doubles and was a strong rebounder and all that, which was, which was well and good. But he wasn't somebody that can just sit there and dominate the paint, particularly on the defensive end going up against guys in the SEC who there are some seven footers. There are the Oscar Sheeways who are just bullies in the paint and, and just strong, massive dudes. I think Akuba could be the guy who helps take those players out of the game that has been lacking over the last couple of years. Again, Romello White was very good. Probably one of the better big men to ever play at Ole Miss, if not the best big man to ever play at Ole Miss. He's not the biggest of the big men. He was 6'8", 200, whatever. He was very good, but he didn't necessarily 
like shut down opposing offenses. And I'm, that's not to say that Akuba is going to do that, but I think he has a really good chance of being that piece where he's a, a really tall, long guy who led college basketball, not led college basketball, but he was in the top 10 of college basketball, uh, not last year, but two years ago for blocks and offensive rebounds. And if you look at something that Ole Miss has lacked very significantly in recent years, it's someone who can block and rebound offensively. So being able to have Akuba there in the middle and rely on him as someone who's going to go up and get those missed shots and kick them back out to Morrell, kick them back out to Joyner, kick them back out to whomever it is that, you know, that probably the, the six, seven wing that sits in the corner and takes far too many shots, but Akuba can do that. And then, like you said, he's able to get the defensive rebound and then push it out and run the ball and move the ball and get the ball down the court. So he fits really, really well into what Kermit does on offense. And more importantly, he's a very strong defensive presence that I think has lacked for as far as I can remember. I mean, Romello White, again, is the only one who I can think of since God only knows when that I can remember who is actually able to like really lock somebody up on defense. Akuba is bigger. I mean, probably since Reginald Buckner. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it's been that long. And, yeah. and so I, again, not the flashiest, not like the biggest get out of the portal, but he fits Ole Miss's needs really well. And I'm once again, buying back into this team. So long as they stay healthy, so long as Akuba does what, you know, I and Kermit and everybody involved with this recruitment expects him to do, if he can do that, if Akuba can be that player that really plays defense, hustles hard, gets boards, and kicks the ball to his primary scorers and scores when he has the opportunity, doesn't force shots, doesn't try to go one-on-one with anyone, take what's given to him and let the team around him, then I think this team could be better than, you know, expected. Um, Kermit's last year, if he doesn't make the tournament, I think they will. I, I, I think Akuba could be the difference that gets Ole Miss back to the tournament and gets Ole Miss back into a relevant position in the SEC strictly on his ability to rebound and to defend. I hope I'm right. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I hope I'm if, right. If you look at it on paper, and as you may know, they do not play games on paper, but they've added a ton of length and more size to a roster that is not going to be the best roster on pretty much any given night in the SEC because yeah. everybody in the SEC has completely bought into basketball at this point outside of a couple. But if you look at the roster outside of Deshaun Ruffin, who is 5'10 on his best day, you've got Jamin Brightfield at 6'8", James White at 6'5", Matthew Morrell at 6'4", and then you look at some of the guys that they've got coming in, all above 6'4", tons of length, tons of athleticism. So, I, it, look, it, it may not work. It may not matter. They may be as bad or worse next season. But they seem to have a – some semblance of a plan, at least. So I'll give them that. But that's a good way of putting it. There is some never, semblance of a plan. 
Yeah. Nevertheless, solid pickup. A guy that battled some injuries a year ago, so that's why the numbers were a little skewed. Junior year was much better. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, a rim protector, a guy that can rebound, and a guy that can run and get the ball out and transition to the guys that can get it, get it and go. Just facilitate. Block shots, rebound, clean up the trash around the rim when you get offensive rebounds, and just, you know, hey, be good at an outlet pass and get it to guys that can run. So um, hopefully it works. Yeah. I don't know if they're done in the portal. Um, if I'm being honest, I don't know if they have any more spots, if they're looking to make any more moves, I'm not sure, but um, all right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little football recruiting, talk about a uh, 2025 prospect. So man, Get ready to feel old, but um, someone that has already received high praise from uh, folks around the state of Alabama and Ole Miss submitted an offer to him on Monday. So we will talk about him after the break. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant, bar, and entertainment space on South Lamar. They now have an updated menu with non-barbecue options from Tex-Mex to Mississippi Delta catfish to smash burgers. And you can contact Lamar Yard for your private events for the spring and summer. They have a dedicated event coordinator who will help you plan your event from start to finish. And they offer on-site catering. From weddings to Greek parties or corporate events, Lamar Yard is the perfect place to host your next party. Lamar Yard is Oxford's quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two-for-one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in-house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662-238-3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com and you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. Show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoysia fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Barry, Grayson Weir with you here. All right, on Monday, I uh, did a quick little news hit on this. Uh, Micah DeBose, offensive tackle from, I believe, is it Vigor, Vigor, Alabama? I feel like it's Split Vigor. the difference, yeah. Um, prospect out of Mobile, almost submitted an offer to him. New football staffer, Alex Falk, who was previously at Memphis. Um, was the one who submitted the offer. 2025, 
Long way to go, but already holds early offers from Auburn, Florida State, Georgia, Michigan, Missouri, and Texas A&M. 6'5", 315 pounds. Ben Thomas of AL.com talked with DeBose's high school coach, Marcus Cook, and uh, high praise to say the least. Quote, Micah can be as good as he wants to be. He could be one of the best to ever do it. A lot of people say the things he is doing right now remind them of how Willie was when he was here. Willie Anderson played at Auburn, played in the NFL, one of the all-time greats to come out of Alabama. Um, Georgia, if that tells you anything, was the first program to offer DeBose. Um, he's huge. I, I mean, 6'5", 315 pounds um, <laughs> as a high school freshman is insane. Um, his coach went on to say, quote, he's a mauler. He's already big. He has massive hands. He wears size 16 shoes and 3X gloves. <laughs> puts his hands on you. He's got you. He's aggressive. He's a finisher and a good pass blocker. To be in the ninth grade, he is way ahead of his time. Played a lot as an eighth grader um, and then played all 15 games for a class 4A state championship team in 2021. Um, and then last thing here as uh, Cook finished up, said, quote, he's a special kid. We had a team last year with a lot of good players, but we relied on him as a freshman. The state championship game, he took over. He said, quote, coach can coach run behind me. He has that type of mentality. And at the time he was 14, he just turned 15 last month. So pretty wild. Um, that young, already playing a ton of varsity football, already receiving tons of power five offers. I know you love to talk about the big uglies. Um, so after taking a look at his film, what did you see from the uber talented Micah DeBose? Yeah, any chance to talk about offensive linemen is one that we're going to take on this podcast because this is what I do best. Uh, Micah DeBose is very young. I think in the end, may end up at like one of the in-state schools, Alabama, Auburn, et cetera. It's going to be a very interesting process with him because every school and their mother is going to get in the mix uh, because he's going to be just an absolute freak of nature. But the fact that Ole Miss is getting in this early is a good sign because then you can kind of establish that relationship. Now, Jake Thornton can get over there and start talking to him, you know, once a couple times a year and just checking in, touching base and, and seeing what's going on with his coaching staff and all that and what he's thinking. Um, I, I love this guy. I, I, I say that about all the guys we talk about on this podcast, because if we're going to talk about them, obviously I like them. But when I, when I say that Micah DeBose is probably the best freshman offensive lineman prospect I have ever seen. I, I don't think that's at all an overstatement. Um, I mean, this guy, it, we already talked about how big he is. Size 16 shoes is unbelievable as a freshman in high school, six foot five, 315 pounds. You keep him right there at around that 315 mark. He's probably going to get a little heavier as he goes through high school. And then you kind of cut him back down and shed some pounds once he gets to campus in four years. But this guy is unbelievably explosive. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where before the defender, whether that be a crashing linebacker or defensive end, whomever it may be that lines up across from DeBose, DeBose has his hands on their inside and locked in with like his feet set before the defender is even, you know, out of his stance yet. So, so the defender's coming off the line of scrimmage and DeBose, boom, 
immediately locks him up in every single play I've watched. Obviously he puts only the best plays on huddle, but this dude is unbelievable. It's to the point where when you see somebody six, five, three fifteen, especially as a freshman in high school, you say, Oh, he's just a big guy. You know, teams are hoping that he'll develop. No, 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 no. He's already there. Like he's not fat. He's not just a fat kid in high school. He's a like built. He's strong. He's fast for a guy that's 315 pounds to move that way that he does is, is truly remarkable. And what I love most about DeBose is, is something that you definitely like is hard to get a hang of even as a college, you know, lineman, even as an NFL lineman is, is getting that first step. Like I said, he locks up the defender and then he extends his hips. So he's up in a, a, a firm, confident base stance in the pass rush to where he's you know got incredible mobility and agility but he's also flexible to the point where he's not just standing straight up and he's just a big lug that's there to you know to step in a defender and maybe hopefully slow him down no 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 he's he's bent at the waist he's locked in with his hips his knees are loose and he's pushing back on a kick step and just exploding into these dudes on the other side of the ball who are definitely not six foot five, 315 pounds. So obviously as DeBose continues to play high school football, he's going to continue to dominate because he's just so much bigger, so much stronger, so much faster, all of that. So once he gets to the collegiate level, you know, it, it depends on whether he can transition to these bigger fellas. But in high school, I have legitimately, and I'll say it again, and, and then we'll be able to, to close the book on DeBose for maybe a year, maybe two years. But now that he's been offered, he's going to be the top offensive tackle prospect in his class by the time he gets to his junior, senior year. And I don't think it's going to be even close. The only way that he wouldn't is if he flies under the radar as someone who's playing in kind of a smaller Alabama area. But even then, I mean, he's playing in Mobile. Like, it's not like it's, you know, middle of nowhere, Montana, or, you know, somewhere in, out in the sticks in Nevada. You know, he's playing in a hotbed of college football, high school football prospects, and he's already dominating as a freshman. So by the time he gets to his senior year, uh, it's just going to be, I mean, ugly to see these defenders who are, not anywhere close to his size, try to even put his hands on DeBose because it's just not possible. DeBose gets his hands in there and he locks him out before the defender has any idea what's even going on. And so if Ole Miss can fend off the Alabama programs, can fend off the Georgias, he's going to have offers anywhere. He already has an offer from Michigan, Missouri, Florida State, um, a couple other schools in the mix, a &M. But if Ole Miss can, can really make a point to get on DeBose, the sky is the limit with this kid. And he would become a viable four-year starter wherever he ends up. He'll, he'll be a starter day one the second he gets on campus. I could not be higher on Micah DeBose. And it is my hope on the fan side of things that he does end up in Oxford because, my God, he is just a freak. You know, as a program that – hey, but – and the dust settled after the draft this weekend. Ole Miss had six players drafted. Um, but if you look at that position specifically, 
has some good offensive linemen. Yeah. Obviously, you've got Laramie Tunsil. Um, before that, you had Michael Orr, Bobby Massey, John Jerry. Um, I mean, you look at some of the recent guys, Greg Little, Royce Newman. Um, probably going to have some more guys after this season find their way to the professional ranks. So it, it's it, it's not the big, flashy Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan-type programs. But and, – and this has all been with different – different head coaches, different position coaches for offensive line. Ole Miss has still found a way to get guys to the league at that position. So um, long way to go before he makes a decision. Got to fend off the, you know, Alabama hasn't, has yet to offer. Um, probably will. will at some point, but, um, but yeah, um, an interesting prospect. And then again, somebody that is already doing big things, um, and they have just started their high school career. So someone to, to keep an eye on for sure. And, uh, I mean, if anything, just to see a guy that just mauls people. So much fun to watch. Barely 15 years old. So. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Uh, we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, we are going to close with, you guessed it, quarterback recruiting. Um, check in on. Ole Miss's remaining target in the 2023 class and how some other recruitments are possibly going to affect that recruitment. So hang tight. We'll be right back. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite-level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at BluffCityAdvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Barry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Barry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark. 
and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season. And concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And we are back here on Not Committed. Zach Grayson here with you. Going to close with some more football recruiting talk. All right, Grayson. Jaden Rashada, four-star quarterback out of California, was in town for the Grove Bowl. Said all the right things. Enjoyed his time. Official visit, one out of the way. Um, now, as we were looking at it before, on three has done this series of quarterback dominoes because of the class and how deep it is, how many guys are possibly affecting the other. When you look at some of the big names, you've got Arch Manning, you've got Eli Holstein, probably going to dictate where the other goes. Um, as of right now, I expect Eli Holstein to pick Alabama, which would get them their quarterback for this class. Um, as of right now, I expect Arch Manning to go to Texas and so on and so forth. You've got Dillard, uh, Dylan Lonergan still out there. Jane Rashad is out there. Dante Moore is out there. The other big names, obviously, Nico Iamaliva committed to Tennessee. Uh, Malachi Nelson committed to USC. And Marcel Reed committed to Ole Miss last week. Um, but Rashada, more kind of the two heavy hitters out there. Um, Rashada did speak with um, Greg Biggins of 247 Sports and said that he is looking to take three more official visits before he makes his decision. Right now, it seems that the three lucky programs that will potentially host him for an official, LSU and um, – he just took a, it was a midweek visit, uh, went for a day, 
And then uh, Texas A&M offered him a couple weeks ago. They look poised to get an official visit. And then Miami is obviously, in my opinion, I think you share the same sentiment. They're the biggest competition for Ole Miss um, as Rashada built a strong relationship with Mario Cristobal when he was at Oregon. Now he's at Miami. He said it time and time again, he likes the South. He likes the idea of playing football in the South. Um, he said repeatedly he likes the SEC, which Miami's not in the SEC. Um, so with A&M jumping into the mix, uh, with Jimbo and, and all of his uh, NIL influence that he has over there, LSU, Brian Kelly, um, hosting him for a visit. Um, and then again, Ole Miss were very open with Rashada while he was on his visit. Rashada was very aware that Marcel Reed was committing. Ole Miss is still looking to recruit him, regardless of Marcel Reed. And again, we said it on the show last week, not an indictment at all of how they feel about Marcel Reed. I just think Ole Miss is wanting to take two quarterbacks. Just the landscape of how things are different with the transfer portal. You can never be too certain that you're going to keep everybody on the roster. So I think it's kind of one of those where they would, you know, best case scenario, sign two really good quarterbacks in this class, get them on campus and have them battle it out, much like Luke Altmyer and Jackson Dart are doing right now. Um, the wild card here that is potentially going to change things is Dante Moore, quarterback out of Michigan. Um, he was offered as an eighth grader by Jim Harbaugh. He's from Detroit. Looked like it was Notre Dame. For a long time, Tommy Reese, um, Marcus Freeman, they've done an outstanding job recruiting him. Now you've got LSU in the mix, another common denominator here. And then Oregon as well. Um, recently took a trip out there to Eugene to meet with the new staff, Dan Lanning and everybody out there, Kenny Dillingham, the OC. Um, the quote that jumped out after he was done with his visit, he said, I had an insane time on the visit. Oregon blew my mind. So, Oregon is still in the mix for Jane Rashada. At one point, I believe they jumped out into the lead per his recruiting prediction machine on on three. Um, as of right now, they are still holding a slight lead over Miami. But Dante Moore taking that visit. A&M is also in the mix with Dante Moore as well. They offered him in March. He says he wants to take a visit to A&M now. Kind of seems like the two are kind of hand-in-hand hand here where it's who's going to pick who and how will it affect the other. Um, again, ad nauseum, Ole Miss is still going to recruit Jane Rashada. Got that first OV. Now he's going to take at least three more, that's what he's saying, before he makes a decision. Um, I still believe the timeline is roughly the summer. Um, if I remember correctly, a uh, source told me that he wants to get it done before his senior season. So you would think ideally it would be sometime June, July. And um, the interesting thing was that I did have someone, a national guy, tell me that he doesn't think that Rashada will ultimately end up at Oregon. Still thinks it's a Miami, Ole Miss, uh, and then now LSU in the mix. He thinks it's it's kind of a three-team race there. But Dante Moore going to Oregon, saying that everything blew him away, seems to be throwing a wrench into things here. 
And again, I think it's just a matter of who's going to commit where and how will it affect the other. Yeah, I think we can go ahead. And I mean, maybe I'll eat my words here, but I think we can go ahead and say that neither guy is going to end up at LSU. I think if you have an opportunity to go to the SEC, uh, you're not going to go play quarterback for Brian Kelly. We know what he has done with quarterbacks in the past. Um, Dante Moore, sure. He was pretty much a lock to go to Notre Dame when Brian Kelly was there. But a big, if not the biggest part of his recruitment was the offensive staff up there in South Bend, particularly Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator. That was like kind of his big, you know, selling point, which is why we've seen Notre Dame stay in the mix for a guy like Dante Moore, despite the fact that Brian Kelly moved on and there was all that turnover. Um, Dante is still very much the number one prospect on Notre Dame's board. And I think if you were to look at things from that 30,000 foot view, we always do. Notre Dame is probably still in the lead to land Dante Moore's commitment because that whole offensive staff stayed. I mean, there was very little turnover outside of the head coach at Notre Dame. And that's what Dante Moore was most excited about. He wasn't even like, sure, Brian Kelly played a factor in it. Sure, Notre Dame having Brian Kelly, you know, was when he started to consider them to be the place he wanted to commit. But the vast majority of that staff stayed. And and Dante has said before that that's really what drew him to Notre Dame is, is a guy like Tommy Reese who's still there. So I'm going to go ahead and just like say that LSU is more than likely out of the picture for both of them. I'm going to give Dante Moore. It's kind of down to Notre Dame and then now Oregon on this kind of wild card situation. But then Rashada's not necessarily considering Oregon anymore, which leaves it down to Ole Miss and Miami. So as much as these two are linked together in some ways, they're also very separate, um, which is good for a school like Ole Miss because you don't have to worry about this back and forth and this confusion of if one person commits here, then I want to go here. There is some of that crossover. If Rashada commits to Oregon, Dante Moore is committing to Notre Dame, right? Ole Miss doesn't have to worry about any of that. They can just focus on keeping the thing the thing and standing out because they're not connected to Moore. They're not tied to any of those other schools when it comes to this recruitment. They're just kind of on their own sitting back, doing their own thing with Rashada. And I think that puts them in a good spot to where you're not caught up in all the drama. You're just there pitching them what you know. And Rashada said recently, um, so this Grove Bowl was his third visit, and he spent time with the most of the coaching staff, and he said, quote, who wouldn't want to play for them? Um, so Ole Miss is in a good spot here. And, and, and like you said, um, and we have talked about before, that relationship with Cristobal seems to be the biggest um, deterrent, I guess, for an Ole Miss commitment. Uh, that was kind of weirdly phrased, but Rashada's commit. If Rashada is to commit to Ole Miss, it would have to be a decision not to play for Mario Cristobal at this point. 
Um, and we talked about it last week and we'll talk about it again, I'm sure. But on top of that, you've got a guy like John Ruiz down there at Miami who is breaking the bank for all kinds of hurricane transfers, recruits, even some Florida international guys, but obviously that doesn't affect Rashada. Um, if Rashada really loves his connection with Cristobal and really loves Miami equally to as much as he loves Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, then I would venture to guess John Ruiz and Life Wallet's um, bank account could be what puts Rashada over the edge to Miami. But with that being said, there's a chance Ole Miss could just straight up beat Miami out, like outright. Um, Lane Kiffin and Mario Cristobal, while very different coaches, have very similar allures. They're very similar in terms of how much weight that their name carries. And Ole Miss and Miami, sure, Miami is that flashy ACC school. You try to bring them back to the, the days of yore. You know, that can be your Rashada's. That can be Rashada's goal. It's to bring Miami back to where it was. Um, Ole Miss is in the SEC. So for every pro to Miami, there's a pro to Ole Miss. And it'll be very interesting to see whether that NIL money is ultimately what makes the difference. And, and we're, while we won't know necessarily right away, John Ruiz has been very, 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 very public in the fact that he's just bankrolling the Hurricanes. So if Rashada ends up committing to Miami and then we find out about a deal that John Ruiz has written up for Rashada, then we can kind of assume, okay, Ole Miss literally just couldn't afford him. But until we get to that point, Ole Miss and Miami, I think are neck and neck um, with Oregon hanging around in the background just because he's been recruited by them so long. Yeah, I mean, we, we really buried the lead here with talking NIL and how, how big of a, a deal that is for someone of Jaden Rashada's talent and his skill set and everything that he could potentially bring to a program. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a huge deal. Ole Miss is working hard to get a collective together, get some things moving in the right direction um, for them to be able to compete with programs like Miami. Um, but another thing to consider, and again, with the portals could obviously all change. It could literally change today while we record this, it could happen. But if you want to look at rosters, looking at Miami's website here, miamihurricanes.com, they have Tyler Van Dyke, 30-year sophomore on the roster, Jacuri Brown, freshman. They've got Jake Garcia, redshirt freshman. And then um, another guy, Aaron Howard, Peyton Matocha. Two guys probably aren't going to factor into the race at all, but – they just signed Jacuri Brown, and then you've got mm -hmm. Jay Garcia and Tyler Van Dyke fighting for the job. You look at Ole Miss, you've got two sophomores, Luke Altmaier and uh, Jackson Dart, fighting for the starting job. Kincaid did a junior, he's on the roster, but he's not going to be a factor. Um, hey, hey, hey. I, I mean, hey. Just, just saying. This is my opinion. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, 
I think that that's something that's going to be factored in as well. I mean, Rashada, the son of a former college football player, um, I would assume that his dad is looking at it from every angle possible, not just NIL. I know that's probably a big deal. Could be a decision maker. Um, that could be what ultimately decides it for him. It could not be. But he's a guy that's been in a locker room. He's been in those those depth chart battles for playing time. He's been on the practice field fighting for, you know, getting snaps. And that could be something that factors in. Um, Jake Garcia, I think a lot of people thought he might transfer out. He stayed. Um, him and Van Dyke are going to battle. And then you've got Curry Brown, an uber-talented freshman. Ole Miss tried to get in on him late. Uh, he signed with Miami. Um, so if you're looking at it from that aspect, you know, which room is going to provide the best opportunity, don't really know. I mean, if you look at it, best case, I think Jackson Dart is in Oxford for two years. If he were to win the job, have two good seasons, and then go to the NFL. Um, if you look at the same thing for Miami, Tyler Van Dyke, a third-year sophomore, or Jake Garcia, a redshirt freshman, one to two years tops heading out. So very similar rooms in terms of the quarterback depth chart there. Um, so, hey, is this going to be one where it's just ultimately decided by NIL and which one tickles the fancy more? Is it going to be, well, I want to go over here for, what, what was it, top wallets or what, what do they call it? Life wallet or John Life. Ruiz, whatever John Ruiz, the billionaire. Yeah. His company. Um, yeah. Does he want to do that? Or play in the ACC? Or, as he said plenty of times in, numer- in, in, in different interviews, does he prefer the SEC? Does he want to stay t- in the Southeast? Talk a lot about Lane Kiffin, the allure of playing in that offense. Um, from all accounts, all meetings with Charlie Weiss Jr. were productive. Liked what he saw from the offense. He liked what he saw in the Grove Bowl with how they utilized the quarterbacks. They couldn't really run a ton. But um, – he likes the offense. He likes the, the pro style scheme that they mix in with the zone reads. So um, it's interesting. And then you, you also you, you factor in that Ole Miss has a quarterback commit in the 2023 class already. Again, not going to be a deterrent as of now. Rashada has been open about that. He says that doesn't matter to him. He said he appreciated the honesty with how they told him ahead of time that they were getting a commitment from Marcel Reed. And again, we talked about it last week. Talented guys don't really care about competition. They all think that they're the best. They all think that they can beat out anybody. So at the end of the day, I think both him and Marcel Reed understand that it's college and you're playing power five football. You're playing in the SEC or the ACC or wherever. You're going to have other guys that are talented that you're going to have to beat out. So, um, it's it's fascinating. It's something that is going to be fun to follow as two people that cover college sports and high school recruiting. Um, and you know, right now, I, I do think that, like you said, it's it's neck and neck. I think Miami's a little bit out ahead still, but yeah. I think Ole Miss really closed the gap with not only a fantastic weekend, double decker, the Grove Bowl, the weather was fantastic. Him and his family had a great time, but I think it was more of he could see himself legitimately fitting in in that program, and he liked Lane Kiffin, and he liked everything about 
the rest of the, you know, the town, the players, the facilities. I mean, they're, I, they're, they're showing every recruit that comes in what they're building. They're showing them all the upgrades that are coming. Um, I don't know if you saw, but I, I you know, they, they took down, you know, the statue that's between the IPF and the stadium to, to start to break ground and to expand the IPF and the weight room and everything. So it's, it's, it's happening. It's coming. So it's, it's kind of one of those like, Hey, you know, they haven't been, they haven't been elite in a while, but Miami, they've won national championships. It's a proven commodity. It's a brand. People know the U or on the flip side, we've seen other recruits say the same thing. Hey, like, Good old miss, and you can do something different. You can be a part of what's building there, what's you know, the new brand, the uh, you know, the pro mindset, the you know, the party in the sip and all that good stuff that they hashtag and they they put in videos and all that good stuff. So it's a compelling race here. And um I, I for one think that it, it's going to be it's gonna be fun to follow, whether he picks Ole Miss or not, um, with the NIL element added in. It's, uh, it's fascinating. It really is. It's a crazy time for college football, and it makes things really fun. Everyone that hates on it and all the grumpy olds out there, you know, yelling about NIL into the abyss, fine, whatever. Like, you can yell all you want. You can dislike it all you want. But at the very least, how can you not enjoy how much fun this, this is? Everyone always says that the NBA basketball offseason might be more fun than the actual in season that's not the case with college football like college football obviously the fall is king but i'll be damned if this if this offseason in particular in the landscape of the transfer portal and nil and and all these big money players and and everything all of the chaos that's going on around the country including the fact that you know there's now uh, the big 12 is going to be the big 14 next year with ucf and 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 houston and cincinnati joining and all of this off-season chaos has been so much freaking fun and if you can't at the very least acknowledge that you can hate on nil all you want you can hate on the transport all you want fine but if you can't acknowledge that it's fun you need to seek help yeah go woke and go broke right yeah exactly yeah (laughs) nba playoffs are doing just fine All right, that's going to do it for the Tuesday edition of Not Committed. Thanks to Grayson. Thanks to the listener for tuning in. And, of course, thanks to our lovely sponsors that make it possible. Again, we remind you, like, subscribe, leave a review. We appreciate all that. We we love the feedback. And um, we're going to continue to bring you this podcast twice a week. So until Thursday, for Grayson, I'm Zach. This has been Not Committed. Thanks for listening. We out. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.